Hey folks, if you've seen any of the great merch we have lately, we've got Witch Police shirts, we've got bags, we've got more gear on the way. That's all made by our friends at Divine Shirt Company. Whether it's screen printing or embroidery, heat press vinyl or graphic design, Divine Shirts is the place to go for your band merch. They've been doing some of the best stuff from the best bands in Winnipeg and beyond. And if you're looking to get some merch made, head over to divineshirtcompany.ca or follow them on Instagram and tell them which police radio sent you. Get up off your ass and get up on the podcast! Welcome to Witch Police Radio. Here I am on the internet, uh, which is where I always am and where everyone always is because we're stuck in a pandemic. But uh, the guest on this episode is a member of a band that is seems to be taking advantage of the pandemic and in a sense of uh, releasing a new record. And from what I can tell, uh, well, first of all, before we even get into this, let's just introduce you. So if you want to you know, introduce yourself, give a bit of background about what you do in the group and we can take it from there because I have a lot of questions about uh, everything the band's up to. Sure. Uh, my name is David Schellenberg. I play guitar and yell in a noisy hardcore band called Tunic. Uh, there's three of us. Dan Unger plays drums and Rory Alice plays bass. Cool. And so, yeah, what I was thinking is, you know, I've been, I've been throughout the pandemic, I've been talking to a lot of people. I've been doing these twice a week and I'm talking to artists from all over the spectrum of musical genres and, uh, and different levels of success within their careers and things like that. And it seems like for a lot of people, there's been uh, just this... I mean, everyone's struggling right now because of the situation the world is in, but it seems like your band, better than some others, seems to be handling the pandemic in the sense of your marketing is excellent <laughs> in oh, terms of this, this new record that you're putting out. I mean, even before, you know, I've seen so many, so many, you know, ads for it, social media posts for it, and it, it definitely, I mean, so... To make this a question, I guess it's like, what was your plan then? I mean, knowing that you have a record that's coming out uh, during this really uncertain time for everyone in the world, what was the sort of uh, idea behind making something that people will actually gravitate towards and then be able to grab onto? Sure, yeah, that's a great question. Um, we really uh, sort of a we uh, we hired a digital marketer to work uh, the. First, uh, actually, to work the Nylon single back okay. in September of 2019, and I was really uh, amazed with the results. And uh, I co- sort of got like got the feeling that it was going to be the future of musical publicity. And so when I really dragged my heels about trying to put, I pushed back this release and I pushed back another release. Like we still have something else coming out. Yeah, I just was like, we're not doing anything in 2020, and then everything you know it's just like we're still here so it's like okay let's let's bite the bullet but if we're gonna do it let's dump all this money into digital advertising because we can't hit the road anymore so like i just i sort of like mapped it all out uh before we like before we even like decided that we were gonna put out the record i was like okay knowing that i we can't go play 100 shows this year what can we do to sort of create some sort of interest so it's like Mm -hmm. we have to shoot these videos we have to shoot these live videos, like just everything. So I really, I just, I, I made sure that we got like GIF images, like, you know, for the Instagram and we had all these videos and all this great content. I got every band member who's ever been in and out of the band to send me every photo they've ever had from a tour. So I have like everything to post on social media because I, I don't have a show post or a live video or yeah. something to post every day, like when we're on tour. So I just sort of like 
made sure that we had content so that we would always sort of be there in your feed. Well, it's, it's worked. I mean, at least in my, in my, in my uh, opinion anyway, because I've been seeing a lot of it. And it definitely, I signed up for your newsletter. I don't really sign up for newsletters yeah. that often, but I mean, it worked, right? So, I mean, that's a, maybe another interesting thing you've done uh, as far as, you know, getting music out during this time is, is that, that, that unreleased stuff that came out specifically for newsletter uh, signees, I guess. What was the uh, idea behind that? I mean, I, I think, again, it's a, it's a really clever marketing idea. Thanks. Yeah. I should also mention that I went back to school for marketing uh, in September because uh, as I don't know if you know this, Sam, but like I book shows for a living for the last okay. like decade of my life. And so I was just like, what part of booking shows do I really like? I actually really like selling the tickets and getting people to, to enjoy music. And I was like, well, if I have this downtime, I might as well go back to school for something. Sure. So, I, so I took a bunch of marketing classes. And so the idea behind uh, giving that stuff away on the mailing list is that uh, we've made this, uh, the Disappointment EP, which is really our first formal release from 2016, was originally supposed to be a full-length album. Okay. And uh, we sat on it for too long, and we only really liked four of the songs that were left on it. And then so we scrapped... I guess seven songs or something like that. And then I revisited them this fall and I was like, no, these songs are actually pretty good. And it's like, it's been long enough time spent away from them where I was like, you know, sort of when you're like, when you make something yourself and you don't like it, but other people tell you it's good, you don't yeah. believe them. And so after that, I revisited those songs. I was like, no, let's, it's, it's time. Let's give them away. Like let's, and I was like, that's a cool way of giving them away. And I was like, oh, we can attach it to, if we can do a newsletter thing. And yeah, it's just sort of, and the newsletter is just really a way for me to try and have like one-on-one conversations with people since we can't do that right now, really. Sure. Easily. Well, what, what has the reception been? Because I mean, I think that like, have you maybe almost reconsidered the idea of doing it that way? Because I, I assume you've got positive response because it does sound really good. And it almost yeah. seems like, you know, maybe this should have been an actual album. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, there is a, there is a couple of people who have uh, offered to put it out. Okay. They're like, could I press it on t- tape? Can I do it on vinyl? And I'm just all like, like maybe not right now, but it's like cool to do later on. Yeah. It's just funny. I never thought like in 2021 that we would put out every single song we've ever recorded and you know, the existence of the band, but yeah. it's, it's been a really great response and it's been really cool to like have email conversations with people back and forth. I just sort of, this year I sort of just decided that like, this idea of bands being like holier than thou and being like mysterious and cool. I sort of just like got over it and I was like, let's, let's just hang out. Like I'm just the person. Let's just, you know, email me, email me, I'll email you back. Tell me about your songs or your pets or whatever, you know, like, yeah. Well, and I don't want to spend too much time dwelling on, on, on the marketing aspect of things because, uh, you know, it, it is a big part of, of being in a band at this point, uh, especially during totally. the pandemic. But, I mean, it's, you know, it's not the most exciting uh, subject to talk about on a podcast. Well, I, could, I could do it all, all day, but yeah, please, whatever you prefer. So the the, the album that's, that's uh, coming out in early April, which will be out by the time this, this uh, comes out as a podcast, mm-hmm. that's a compilation of uh, your previous releases plus some new songs, right? Yes. So... I guess, was that just to make it more available? Like, are these songs that are now out of print? I have one of your old 7 Inches, and I assume okay. it's uh, it's probably not available yeah. uh, anymore, right? Is that kind of the, the idea behind this? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that and so, yeah, everything was out, was sold out. And actually, our debut record, which came out in 2019, Complexion, is also sold out. But also, the record label who put that out fell apart right after they released it. Oh, wow. Okay. There's a big, long, dramatic story about the guy who owned it. Like, his all of his checks started bouncing to the employees of the label, and 
So like the guys who worked for the label who signed us were like, Hey, we don't work here anymore. And we're just like, Oh man, like we were on the road for the record. And I was like, that sucks. And I was like, this is uncomfortable. (laughs) And, uh, (laughs) and, um, but then the the record label kept selling records like on their band camp and stuff and then not sending them. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. So I had people hitting me up like three or four months later being like, Hey, I bought this record from your label and I haven't heard from them and they haven't sent anything. And I'm all like, it's like, Oh crap. So then I would like, I sold my personal copy that I have. Like I don't have one (laughs) because I, I like, you know, so I just, so really uh, this uh, compilation is just a way to take that record out of that record label's hands and put it into artifacts hands towards our new label who's like, who are awesome. And it's just like one of those things like, we didn't have a contract with that old label, that old, like that record sort of kind of, it all sort of fell apart right when we were hitting the road. And then, uh, so it's just sort of a way to put everything together and just, and it, the fact that it all fits on the 112 inch was also just perfect. So. Yeah. It's what, like 26 songs or something like that? 23. Yeah. 23. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. 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 Before <laughs> I realized it was a compilation, I, I looked at the track list. I was like, that's a lot of songs for it to fit on, to fit on a 12 inch for sure. Yeah. listen back to the whole thing now I mean, i'm assuming you have but how does it feel to hear the new stuff kind of juxtaposed with the the earlier recordings do you feel like um it all fits together you know if you're listening from start to finish or are there very separate eras of the band that are that are obvious uh, to you listening back yeah to me absolutely um i sort of this is my this is my fourth interview today so i've had <laughs> I, i've had i've had, You've had time uh, to think I, about this right yeah so yeah. I, i've been able to like look back at every time I listen to a song, I like envision where we were in the band. So like when I hear that stuff from disappointment, like I think about how we used to practice, like Rory and I were roommates at the time, you know, we Rory wasn't married. We all smoked like, right. you know, we would pick Sam up from work at midnight and we would go practice from like midnight till 2am, you know, like that's when we wrote those songs. And so when I hear those songs, that's what I think about. And like, and sort of like, you know, when I think about, the songs from complexion. I think about how we brought Jace from Besnard Lakes here to record that record. And, you know, so it's just like, 
I hear it. I don't think that the average person would would really hear it. But for me, since it's since it's like really my my life work. Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, I think I read in another interview somewhere that um, that all I, I think this was you who said this that everything you write is something related to your own personal experiences. Yes. So, do you get any kind of like you know weird nostalgia vibes listening back to some of those things because they uh, are uh, focusing yeah. on specific you know time and place things for you? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, I uh, I had a, a I think someone someone I think Sheldon Burney wrote in the stylist thing that I that most of my songs are about uh, st- uh, strings of un. Uh, of unsuccessful relationships okay. as, as one has when they're 22 of course, or yeah. 23 whenever I was writing these songs not the near 30 year old I am now so it <laughs> uh, so I'm like oh yeah right that I was upset about this thing that I'm not mad about anymore like every time I you know revisit the record and then it's like some of the stuff like the newer stuff still sort of hits like and even like a song like Exhaling which is just about like spitting venom on tour and everyone on in the van just like being fed up with each other like i was like god i miss that i would love to be mad at everybody in the van right now like versus the alternative of just being stuck at home right yeah yeah do you think sonically there's a an obvious progression you know from from the very early stuff i i, I assume you do because i mean that's what every band wants to be able to continually improve and grow but i mean is it noticeable to the listener that 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 uh this amount of time has passed from the first recordings that are on that compilation to the the, the new stuff that's uh been recorded for this i don't know that's a good question i think that the tuna formula is pretty evident um especially on on exhaling as a whole but if we go to the uh the mailing list stuff the tunnel vision i ep it it has more of a more like uh, mundane and grotesque vibe to it a little more slower and stuff like that so i think i think we sort of did a good job of sort of splicing it up but i think that like Tunic writes fast, yelly, two-minute-long songs. <laughs> sure. It's like, that's what you're going to get for 23 songs in a row. Like, sure. You know, so. Well, grotesque is an interesting uh, way to describe music. Well, what do you mean by grotesque? Like, what about your sound is grotesque? Because I've never heard anyone oh, describe their own music that way before. Oh, I usually tell people that our band is terrible. Okay, um, well, I, I mean, I, I did that with my bands, too. <laughs> Mine actually were terrible. But, yeah, it's... Uh, <laughs> that's why I'm doing this. <laughs> uh, grotesque? I, yeah, I just think, like, it's... Um, it just didn't sound good. Like it sounds good, <laughs> but it sounds bad at the same time. Like right. it's just it's not to say that like we sound like um like scab smoker or like we're doomy or like you know, like like something like that. But, but it's, it's abrasive, uh, right? Yeah, it's abrasive and it's heavy and it's just sort of like it, it leaves a feeling of uh being uncomfortable. So that's that's kind of always been the goal and it, and we sort of accomplished it in these like sort of like slow churning uh tunes. Okay. Does that uh, feeling of, of discomfort does that happen more on the slower stuff than it does on maybe you know something that's really really quick and, and punkier i guess maybe yeah i guess so i haven't really thought about that too much because uh, you do have some of those in your catalog you have those things kind of really fast in your face sort of mm-hmm, sort of tunes mm-hmm. as well right yeah those ones are just like you know just 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 hitting you in the face hitting you over the head and just like tunic's goal has always sort of just been to punish Okay. Uh, to punish the listener, so that, as long as we're doing that, then I'm then I'm okay. Right. With then you're, you're yeah. That's 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 a good, that's a good goal to have, I guess. Right. <laughs> I think it will change. Like we have a we have another record in the can right now, so I'm actually writing record three right now. So I think record three will be a little bit different, but uh, but still know. with that that tunic flavor though, right? The uh, yeah. 
Yeah. Of course, yeah. you know, I, mean, I guess whatever I write is tunic. I was just, you know, like, yeah. yeah. So. Has, has this, um, you know, lockdown time, has, has it been productive for you as a writer? Have you had, because uh, because it, it seems to go either way. People are either, you know, super, super productive and they're writing like album after album of, uh, they have like six albums backed up yeah, or Daniel they just, Romano or something like that, right, right? Or, or they just can't. And there's a lot of people who have just found they've had all this time and then nothing, nothing comes out. So have you, are you on one of those extremes or what's it been like for you? Yeah, I've done a little bit of everything. I, uh, I wrote like, probably an album's worth of material in the first lockdown, okay. the first wave. Um, just like I have all these videos of me sitting at my kitchen table being like, and then I do this, like talking to myself <laughs> as I play the riff. And then once we could practice again, I took it to the band and none of it really stuck. And then there was like, and then I wrote a bunch during the second wave and a bunch of that stuff stuck. And now, um, there's even some stuff now on this impending third wave, or we may be in the third wave by the time this comes out. Totally, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, that I'm been writing, but I also took like a break. I also uh, tried. I tried some writing exercises. I I tried to write um, about five or six songs without using guitar, where I just played with like just bass and keyboards and stuff oh, cool. like that. And then I also got really into. Uh, samplers. I bought two different samplers where I have like this little SP404, which is just like a little guy. It's like this big. And then I bought that that drum sampler that everyone has. So yeah, I'm yeah. just trying to uh, be more versatile. I never really um, thought of myself as a good musician up until, I don't know, probably the last year or like, or like confident or, right. or capable. So this is really like, I've sort of come into my own in the last like probably two or three months where I've actually like feel okay at what i do do you feel like any of those uh you know experiments with with samplers and things like that are those going to fit into this music that you're doing with the band or is that potentially going to be something different uh, a little bit of both i uh i do have um i am working on like some solo material that is uh not not tunic but obviously tunic is like is number one it's just i just figured like I love music, so I might as yeah. well write it. And uh, I was—I I got ahead. I got ahead of myself with all the tunic material, and I was just like, also, I spent so much time writing by muscle memory that I wanted to just be like, it's always been tunic for like the last like eight years. So mm -hmm. I'm just like, let's, can I write something else? So it's kind of just like been experiments doing that. So some of it will be on tunic records. Actually, the first five things i wrote i sent to a couple buddies and i was like this is like what do you think about this is like a solo stuff and they were just like this sounds like tunic and i was like okay. <laughs> and i was like okay cool well i guess i wrote a tunic song instead today like so
do you think it's because it's stylistically like Tunic or just because you sound like Tunic because you're on all the Tunic records and making making those, you know, noises with I, your guitar and mouth and everything else? Yeah, I think it's I think it's just like I thought it sounded different enough because I was like, I'm using a keyboard instead of a guitar. <laughs> and they're like, no, this just sounds like something that you would write on guitar. And I yeah. was just like, oh, okay. <laughs> so so it's it's cool. Like it has like a different feel to it and it's a little bit different, but it's it's uh but it's still tunic. Okay. So okay. What has this been like? Because uh, I know you guys tour pretty heavily, and uh, this has got to be weird to to have this much time off without being able to hit the road at all, really, right? So what has it been like as, as a band, you know, not having that opportunity to go out and see audiences and, and meet people face-to-face? Oh <laughs> it's been brutal. Um, it's, we we got our work visas approved, uh, like, March 15th or something, you know, like, right when, like, they're, like right in 2020, where it's, like, yeah. the pandemic is called. It's, like, choose your U.S. work visa. And I'm, like, <laughs> <laughs> right on. <laughs> Um, so it's, it's, it's been really brutal. It's, uh, it's like this, all this stuff would have come out a year early. Like we just pumped the brakes for like a whole 12 months, which is something that I've never, ever done in this band. Um, it's always been go, go, go. So it's kind of been, I sort of explained that it's like a blessing and a curse to have the time to like, not just react all the time, but to actually plan and, and sort of figure out what we want to do and not so and i have time to write i was just saying earlier today that like well i wrote these great new songs but we're going on tour for six weeks and uh we just have to play the songs i practice we don't have time to write new songs or something like that so but like touring is is the best and i know that dan and i miss it rory um our bass player is in university full-time so we would have had to bring someone else uh with us uh to play bass but it would have also been nice to bring up like our friend Cody from Texas has played with us before. Oh, so cool. um, that's obviously not happening, even if there were shows now because yeah. of the, yeah, right. The border stuff. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's just like, yeah, it's just the worst. Like it's what I've uh, dedicated my whole life to my whole adult life to yeah. something that I, uh, not totally. A lot of people haven't really understood when I uh, am having that conversation where they're like, how's it going? I'm like, everything I've ever worked for in my entire life is on hold. And I'm not just like, cause of tunic, but also cause of like owning the goodwill and stuff. Right. Like that right. Yeah, like, yeah. It's just like, well, there it goes. Like, Not to say if the goodwill is closing or anything, we'll, we'll be fine. But I just mean like, but you're not, my, shows aren't happening. Yeah. Yeah. Well, my, my entire livelihood was just like totally uh, upended. So, yeah. And I think that's different than a lot of people, even people in bands, because a lot of people in bands, they have a day job that's, not connected to the music business right and so they they can still they're still working from home they still are bringing in money they're still doing something even though they can't tour or can't play at a bar or whatever right but yeah you have Mm -hmm. on both ends uh, the the fun stuff and the work stuff and you know it's all combined right so yeah 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 Yeah, i I just i really uh pulled my resources i put all my eggs in one basket here and it's not working out (laughs) yeah well hopefully hopefully it it changes soon yeah. It's assuming the the pandemic ended tomorrow. I mean, it's not going to. But what would be the first thing that that your band would do? Like, would you want to immediately get on tour, or what would be the plan? We'd practice. Yeah, I would just practice. It's been so long. Like, I have seventeen songs in a Dropbox file. Oh well. That I've just been like, here you go, here you go, here's another one. You know, like it just feel like, what do you want to work on first? Like, you know, I would I would just want to write. I would just want. We got to do that. Um, we had one practice. 
before we did that Manitoba music, uh, we did a, a live thing for New Colossus. Right, right. Manitoba music uh, let us shoot at the Park Theater there. And it was just like, just being in the same room with people with like our amps blaring and stuff like that. I was just like, this rocks. And we were also like, this is really hard. <laughs> I can't believe we used to do this every day. Yeah. So, do you think there'll be like a, a almost a learning curve when when people start coming back to this, like for bands as well as audiences? Because the idea of going to a show, I'd love to see a show like tomorrow, but I feel uncomfortable about it a little bit, you know, just just because oh, yeah. it's been a year, it's been you know, and the last show I went to was the um, when the Park Theater kind of reopened, you right. know, after the first lockdown it was the Scott Nolan show, it was the first one they did, and it was great. It was a great show. It was very intimate, but everyone was spaced out, and it was. I enjoyed myself and I, I, I was so glad to do it, but it was so weird. Like it just, it felt so strange. And um, yeah, so I, I think there might be some uh, trepidation on the part of everyone just getting back to shows. And it, it, I don't know. Absolutely. No, that's, um, uh, I even feel that way. And like, you know, shows are my, are my livelihood yeah. on both, both senses. Like I, uh, the first show that I did was a Julian's daughter show in that same time frame that you were talking about. Um, where things could happen again. And I had it up at Goodwill there. And I remember just standing at the back of the, at the bar and seeing the show happen and being like, this just makes me really uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. Like, I was like, I don't feel good about this. Like, I, like, I just had a real conflict. Like, like, I, like, you know, hypothetically we're all going to be fine, but it just like, I got to do those, um, those shows on the top of the wag, like okay. the Amos, yeah. the kid show and the Jaywood. I, I presented those and, uh, through the Goodwill and, those were great because it was outside and it was, you know, just, just felt a little better. Yeah. I think that everybody, I think there'll be a huge learning curve. And I think that I honestly think, I hope I'm wrong, but I think that we will see 50% turnout for everything moving forward for the next little while. Yeah. So like any show that would be 200 people will be a hundred people. Like, I just think that we will lose half of the people going. I could see that for sure. Yeah, I don't. I don't, I don't think that's a, a stretch either because just there's so much paranoia and uncertainty and you know lack of information about what's going on that everyone's, you know, a little bit. Uh, <laughs> a little bit I, I want. I want to be wrong. But yeah. Yeah. Of I, course. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
I'm thinking more from the musician side of things than from the venue sure. side of things. But, you know, assuming that touring can't happen the way it used to happen, maybe, I don't know what would happen, but maybe things have changed so much that you can't be doing as many as many dates as you would have done because of pandemic restrictions. What what do you do then? Like, would you, do you think you'd have to find a way to uh, make up that time doing something else uh, as a band? Absolutely. Absolutely. As a band, yeah, I guess, like... I mean, I know it's a kind of a hard to answer question, but I, yeah. I just I have all these doom scenarios in my head, you know, totally. as to what might happen uh, after things get back to normal, quote unquote. And I don't know. I, I, I just I have a hard time imagining things to go back to how they were even two years ago. Yeah. And like and especially since Tunic's like built off of touring. Yeah. So like, I guess I would just work. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like, I guess we would just like do what. I was actually thinking about this sort of earlier today. I was like, would I be okay touring like 60 days the, of the year? Right. I was like, would I be okay to do like one month in Europe and one month in the States? And that would be it. Like, like someone like, like Ken mode or something like that. Like, yeah. You know, yeah. And I was just like, yeah, but Ken mode's like 40. And I was like, I don't want to be like, I'm, I can still do like, you know, so <laughs> I'm like, I can still do a hundred days. Um, but yeah, like I guess if that would just be the case, I guess I would just make those shows the best we could, and I, I, I would push it. To be honest, I would push it as far as I could. Yeah. Even if it's like you can't you can't be out of the country for you know this long, I just be like, okay. Well, we're driving straight back and I'm going right back down. <laughs> like you know, if there's some weird weird you find a loophole, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just yeah. push it to the limit. Does Does Tunic um, thrive on on live energy? I mean, I feel like Ken Mode's a great example of a band that is just mm. unbelievable live, and they're great on record too. Like, I mean, I you know, I I love their albums, but they definitely feed off the audience for sure. And I mean, you know, you're playing a similarly uh, abrasive style of music. And I mean, I think there's probably a lot of similar influences in there between the two bands. Are you the same mm-hmm. way in the sense that, uh, you know, being in a, maybe a smaller intimate venue with a, with a, a big boisterous crowd really, uh, helps kind of project what it is you're doing as a band. Yeah, sure. Unless people like start like moshing or pushing or anything like that. Like I don't really put up with any of that crap. Yeah. I just like, like a bunch of dudes taking up space at the front, like get the hell out of there. Like, um, yeah, it doesn't really, it, it really sort of depends. I, I wish I could, Sam, I could say that it's audience-based, but it's really dependent on how we're, how we're all doing. Sure. And, like, we will play the best show if there's, like, you know, we'll play the best show possible if there's 10 people there, if there's 1,000 people there. Like, it just really all depends on how where, how our sleep was last night or how, sure. long, the drive, how long the drive was. Um, and it's also just, like, we sort of just become, like, a, like a well-oiled machine at this point where like Dan and I have this joke where we look at each other on stage right before we start playing and we look at each other and go this again, huh? <laughs> and you know, and then like, and then they count us in and it's just like, and you just do it. Like it's just, you just go to work, you know, you yeah. just go to work and you bang it out. And it's, and it's, uh, we're so lucky to be able to do it. And uh, so if there's people there, that's great. If there's people not there, like, you're but gonna do it anyway, yeah, yeah. We're gonna do it. We're there anyways. We're yeah. there to we're, we're there to work, and I don't care if five people pay ten dollars or a hundred people pay ten dollars. Someone paid there to see us play, and it's our job to to do it. Cool. As for the record, that's um, the, the compilation record. Where can people find that? What's the best way to obtain a copy of that? Exhaling, you can get through tunicband.bank. Yeah, tunicband.bandcamp.com. Okay. Uh, or via or via Artifact Records. Uh, which is artifact.com, but artifact is a pun. 
Yes, art, art. art of fact. Art, right? art of fact. Yes, yeah, yeah. and then um, and you can get it at any any local store anywhere. Um, either I think McNally Robinson will have it. Okay, and you can, but you, we have distro all around the world. So you go to any local record store you want and tell them you want the you want exhaling by tunic, and they'll they'll get it for you. Assuming your record store is open, and <laughs> we're not in like yes, the fourth exactly. wave or something. And yeah, 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 yeah. Cool. And then I guess the website uh, is probably the best way to find out more information about upcoming shows and things like that. Yeah, tunicband.com. We we do everything on there, and every everything is tunic band. You want to hear me uh, gripe about my personal life? That's mostly Twitter, uh, <laughs> but anything, but Instagram and Facebook is all banned stuff. Cool. Well, yeah, I hope I hope that things change and you can get back to your hectic touring schedule and and you know uh, things things get back to some kind of normality. But it's it's cool that, like I said at the beginning, you you've managed to to get the word out, I guess, about about just old stuff and new stuff in a way that's, uh, you know, managed to um, avoid some of the pitfalls, I guess, of, of being during a pandemic. So, uh, I mean, it, I noticed it and hopefully other people have too. Thanks. Yeah, I worked really hard on it. So I really appreciate that. That means a lot to me. Right on. 